You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Monday, a Lundi Gras edition of Locked On Pelicans. Not sure if we'll have a show tomorrow. We may have one the day after. We'll kind of just play this by ear. Uh, so make sure you're subscribed to know when shows are coming. But we've got a lot to talk about today. Two big wins for the Pelicans on this Mardi Gras road trip. A win over the Trailblazers on Friday. A win over the Golden State Warriors last night. Now they got a big game coming up on Tuesday, which we'll touch on then, maybe. Um, but I want to look at these two wins because they are pretty impressive and show you just how good this Pelicans team can be when all things are clicking, but also how they can come back from a big deficit in a game like this, which was a bit of a surprise, but really good to see because every now, every game now matters for the Pelicans in terms of the playoffs. No more slip-ups, no more screw-ups. And while they kind of flirted with that and teased us with that just a little bit uh, last night, they didn't end up doing it. So let's dive into these two games in Zion's play over the weekend in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So we talked about it a little bit on Friday, how the Pelicans have a great start to the schedule on this Mardi Gras road trip, easily looking at a 2-1 record. And, well, you've hit the two already, uh, taking on the Portland Trailblazers Friday night in Portland, a tough place to play, but that team does not have Damian Lillard right now. Plus, the Pelicans are already 3-0 against them, so even if they did have Damian Lillard, I don't know how much that would really matter. The Pelicans just do exceedingly well against that team, and they were 5.5-point favorites, 5.5-point road favorites against a team in contention for the 8th seed. And, well, yeah, that turned out to be right, and you should have taken the minus 5.5 because the Pelicans won 128-115 against the Portland Trailblazers. Without Lillard, this was always going to be an uphill battle. Portland has been in playoff contention largely behind his stellar play, not because of really anything else. He's been shooting the ball lights out, playing exceedingly well, but the defense hasn't been good during that stretch too. So without him, if they weren't going to get enough points, they were going to struggle because no one was really going to stop New Orleans scoring in this one, and no one did. New Orleans put up 40 in the first quarter and basically played the exact style of ball that they dream about. And while this game got close at one point in the third and fourth quarters when Portland really kind of went on a bit of a run, it was never in doubt for New Orleans. They led by as many as 22 in this one. But here's a couple numbers before we even get into some of the play from these guys. The team made had 45 makes on the night. They had 36 assists on 45 makes. Ball movement, passing, creating for others, all of that was going on in this one. They also had 19 points in the fast break, getting out and running off misses for Portland, off turnovers for Portland. And it led to, in New Orleans, had 25 turnover points off just 14 turnovers for the Trailblazers. So everyone was kind of doing their part in this one. Drew Holiday was excellent, 20 points, 9 assists on the night, 4 of 6 from deep, 5 of 10 from the field. All of a sudden, he doesn't have to guard Damian Lillard the entirety of this game, pretty much. And his offense kind of comes alive. 
There's a bit of a correlation there that when he's not having to spend that energy on the defensive side of the ball, he can do a whole lot offensively too. And he did in this one. Got to the free throw line eight times, hit six of them, had two rebounds, four steals as well in this game. Lonzo Ball was excellent too. 15 points, seven assists, four rebounds. He was three of five shooting from deep, six of 11 overall from the field. Again, exactly what you want to see from your backcourt here. Derek Favors in a little over 25 minutes of action, eight points, 12 boards, plus 17 on the night, second highest of the starters other than uh, Lonzo Ball. Brandon Ingram, a bit more quiet again. I, we talked about this too. They're still uh, struggling to kind of find the right balance between Zion and B.I., and it'll just take some time, but you know, you have 20-plus games to kind of figure this out. 16 points on the night, 3 of 4 from deep, 5 of 8 from the field overall, 4 rebounds, 3 of 5 from the free throw line, and 6 assists. So while he wasn't the main scoring threat in this one, he certainly was facilitating creating for others. Zion Williamson, 25 points on the night, 4 rebounds, 3 assists. He was 10 of 17 from the field. Very freaking good in this one. Again, you put the bigger Hassan Whiteside on him, doesn't matter. He can score that way. If that's not working and they double teamed him and they double teamed him a bunch, didn't matter. He was still going to score. There's no answer for Zion Williamson right now unless you're like the Milwaukee Bucks who just have absurd length and great defense at every position. But if you don't have that... And what really only the Bucks do, I don't know if there's really a way to slow this dude down. He slowed himself down in this one, if anything. 25 points on the night. Again, three assists, four boards. He was five of ten from the free throw line. And that's the only way you could kind of limit him doing damage. Maybe at that point, it's just you need to foul him and send him to the line. And teams are going to start having to do that because there's no other way to defend him. So I think you're going to start to see that kind of be a strategy coming up a little bit sooner. Off the bench, you had some standout performances. Uh, J.J. Redick, nine points on the night, but only one of four from deep. Jackson Hayes got four points, but you had Josh Hart stepping up like he does. 13 points, 13 rebounds, three of three from deep. He's been outstanding for New Orleans in the role that he's been asked to play so far this year. And then Nicolo Melli keeping his... Really freaking good 2020 alive so far. 13 points on the night, 3 of 8 from deep for him. He was great as well. He's been really good, and we did a segment on him a couple of weeks ago about how just, just how good he's been since 2020. And it gives New Orleans two different lineups they can throw at you. Zion at power forward and favors at center, or Zion at center and Nicolo Melli as the stretch four. And when you have that sort of combination around your star player, Heck, yeah, it is going to work. Um, no one really did much damage other than Carmelo Anthony for the Portland Trailblazers. 20 points on the night. C.J. McCollum did his, sorry, 27 points, um, but it took him 22 shots to get there, so not the most efficient night for him. He also had 10 assists, and it wasn't enough. New Orleans in their bench really outscored the Portland Trailblazers. The starter did it. Starters did it, too. Overall, they were excellent. It's why they got the win in this one, which is big because now you have the season sweep over Portland. You already had the tiebreaker over Portland, but you're trying to get into the playoffs, and this is a team you had to beat. So we'll get into the other big win over the weekend, the win over the Golden State Warriors. But before we get to that, when you start your hiring process, you may have questions. Will you find good applicants to choose from? What about education and experience? And how will you know you've made the right hire? Well, Indeed is here to help. Millions of great candidates use Indeed every day to find their next opportunity. You can post a job in minutes and also use screener questions to help create your shortlets of applicants incredibly fast. 
You can also add a skills test to your job post so you can be confident in your applicant's abilities. Their library of more than 50 skills tests range from industry-specific skills like accounting to general aptitude tests like critical thinking. Indeed gives you smart tools to make hiring decisions quickly and to be confident that you're making the right hire for your team. Post your job today at indeed.com slash locked on and get a free sponsored job upgrade on your first posting. That's indeed.com slash locked on terms, terms, conditions, and exclusions apply offer valid through March 31st, 2020. So it was another must win for New Orleans last night. Basically, they're all like must wins from here on out. But you've really got to take care of business against bad teams. And the Pelicans struggled against the Golden State Warriors to do that. They ultimately won 115-101. They were also, I think, 10-point favorites in this one. So they even beat the spread there too. Uh, and had a big, as big of a lead as 18 points. But this one was... Scary, you could say, for the first half. And it looked like this team just wasn't a team that could make the playoffs, coming out unbelievably flat, getting outscored in the first quarter 33 to 29, and then 23 to 17 in the second quarter. Basically, they didn't have any effort, they didn't seem to really care, and it looked like they thought they could just kind of sleepwalk through this game over the Golden State Warriors and resorted to a lot of ISO ball early on. All that ball movement we saw against the Portland Trailblazers, non-existent. And that's just not how this team's built to score. You have a guy like Brandon Ingram who can create an isolation for himself, but no one else really can. Zion can score and score over everybody, but there's much easier ways to get him the ball and get him to score. In motion, other things like that when there's other actions going on. Same for Drew Holiday, who's not an isolation scorer. Lonzo Ball, same kind of way. All of those guys. And so when they resort to a lot of isolation ball, these guys can't create space and get to the basket themselves, it results in a lot of just bad shots. And all of a sudden, those bad shots really hurt New Orleans because they couldn't make anything in the first half whatsoever. And that's one of the reasons why. And it's because they were settling for kind of bad jumpers and what have you. They, th they shot 34.7% in the first half with basically only Zion and Josh Hart shooting above 40%. It's not great. So they struggled. But at halftime... Uh, according to Drew Holiday, they got reamed out by head coach Alvin Gentry, which is exactly probably what needed to happen, but also said they tended to hold themselves accountable and really talk it out before coach came into the locker room. And the most telling thing, and maybe the best thing that you could have heard from this game, is Drew Holiday said Zion stepped up and talked to everybody before coach came into the locker room and really got people going. And he had even said Zion was out there battling, trying to do his thing, and no one else was matching his level. And so when this guy the rookie steps up to speak to people like that they listen because they see him out there doing it and they know how good he is and they rose to the occasion too and that certainly happened in the second half of the game with players really stepping up new orleans outscored golden state by 10 in the third quarter they outscored him by 14 in the fourth quarter when they really started to get going and this was the type of ball you wanted to see from New Orleans. They had, it was a complete tale of two halves. 13 assists in the first half for New Orleans, 21 in the second half alone. Drew Holiday, who finished on the night with 23 points, he scored 21 of those 
in the second half alone and 12 assists. He was driving, he was attacking, he was kicking the ball out to Nicolo Melli. Melli, who was outstanding shooting from deep in this game, six of seven, including four makes alone in the second half. Zion Williamson, 14 points of his 28 in the second half. So about halfway there, exactly halfway there. And it's what you wanted to see from this team. They rose to the occasion, they realized their playoff lives were at stake, and they came out and they played Pelicans basketball, which recently has been a very winning combination of basketball. So exactly what you wanted to see from the team. Brandon Ingram, 17 points on the night on 18 shots. Not great there. Zion, 28 points, seven rebounds, two assists. He had six offensive boards, one defensive board. He also made a three where he straight juked the hell out of a Golden State defender with a jab step that let the dude kind of fall into the ground. Was there open on the three-point line, took it, made it. The Golden State Warriors crowd up on their feet cheering to see Zion Williamson do just that. Very cool to see him get cheers on the road. Uh, so this was a great game for him. We'd like to, again, see more defensive rebounding, but when the team's winning and other guys are getting the boards, I don't think it's a huge thing. It's usually when you start to see some second chance points coming up for a lot of the opponents that that's where it really does hurt but it didn't in this one and that's kind of all that matters uh so we'll see if that remains to be a thing or if it's something they really need to kind of focus on uh this off season he was also one of six from the free throw line new orleans shot better from the field than they did from the free throw line in this game i think it's the third time they've done that this year it's very rare that a team does that uh, as many times as the Pelicans have over the course of the season. So not kind of great number to see that either. Um, so overall, though, just a good team win. It's a depleted Warriors team. There's, you know, not much else there. Off the bench, Josh Hart chipped in eight. Nicolo Melli, 20 points, seven of eight from the field, six of seven from deep. And I think including making six straight at one point. J.J. Redick, nine points. You just got enough to get this victory. But more impressively was the comeback and the maturity from Zion to really speak to his team and get them going. That's what you really want to see from this guy. If he can be that vocal leader that the team absolutely needs him to be, I think that is the the greatest thing. Gentry said after the game, he's not your typical 19-year-old. He's a very mature kid, very respectful of his teammates, and they're very respectful of him. He's all about winning. And if he managed to convey that to the locker room at halftime, well, it worked. And if this is a guy who at 19 is taking charge of the locker room and then you're seeing his play on the court, oh boy, rest of the NBA, you better watch out. So now with this win, the Pelicans are just three and a half games back of Memphis for the eighth seed, and they've got an injury development, which we'll talk about briefly coming up in the next segment. So we'll get to that in a moment, but don't forget, subscribe to Locked on Pelicans when it's not Mardi Gras time and it's not uh, All-Star Weekend time. We're here Monday through Friday for you all, breaking down everything you want to know about the about the team and about Zion Williamson. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast from, leave a five-star review, and please tell a friend about the show. All of that makes a big difference, helps keep this free in five days a week for you all. There's no Patreon, there's no paywall or anything here, Podcast. Five days a week, pretty much. Tell a friend about the show, get them clued in because this is a very fun team and it's about to be a very exciting two months worth of basketball as we fight for the eighth spot here in New Orleans. So Locked On Pelicans, wherever you get your podcast from. So the Memphis Grizzlies still control their own destiny. They're in a three and a half games up 
for or the eighth spot here in the Western Conference playoff race. Pelicans started the All-Star break down five and a half, so to make up two games that quickly is certainly an encouraging sign. And you've got two games to go against the Grizzlies. Uh, while they have the toughest schedule, the Pelicans have the easiest schedule. And Memphis has stumbled out of the gates going 0-2 so far in their post-All-Star break games. They lost to Sacramento, uh, which is... Or, yeah, not a great loss whatsoever. Then they lost to the Lakers. Their next game coming up is against the Clippers. Then the Rockets. Then they get the Kings again. And then the Lakers. So their next four, you know, they could be staring at one in three. Um, but we'll see. More important than that, they do have an injury concern with Jaron Jackson Jr., who's probably their second best player on the team right now out with a left knee sprain, and he's going to be evaluated again in two weeks. So he's looking at missing something like seven or eight games from them, which can really hurt. This is a guy who's averaging 17 points per game, uh, five rebounds, and an uh, 1.5 assists, and he's doing it while shooting 40% from the uh, three-point line and giving them a lot of scoring from the outside um, and on the wing and then down low where he likes to do a lot of work and he's a bit of a high flyer at times. So this isn't great for the Memphis Grizzlies. He's probably their second best player behind John ja Morant and one of the reasons they've been a big surprise this year. So combine this, this injury, which is a brutal injury for them, with the schedule coming up, I'm starting to fade on this team a little bit more so than maybe I was before. But at the end of the day, it won't matter if the Pelicans don't take care of business. And to see them beat two kind of banged up bad teams in the Portland Trailblazers and the Golden State Warriors gives me a lot of hope because this is a team that wasn't taking care of business against these bad teams to start the year. There have been a number of bad losses for New Orleans against the Golden State Warriors too. So overall, uh, I think this is very exciting to see. Now, you never want to root for injuries, but just kind of the right timing for New Orleans, sometimes that's the most important thing, and that's what you're starting to see right now. So we'll see if they can continue to do this. You've got a tough game on Mardi Gras Day against the Los Angeles Lakers on the road. That's basically the first game after the Kobe Memorial at the Staples Center, so you have to figure the Lakers are going to be playing with a ton of emotion in that game. I don't know if that's going to be a good or bad thing for them or for New Orleans, but it's going to certainly create for an interesting game. Uh, but then you have a couple of easy games coming up for New Orleans too, so there's a chance that even if you drop this one, which if you look at it, it's kind of a loss on the schedule, I think it's okay because you get Cleveland at home and then you get a big game against the Lakers at home again, but then Minnesota, that's not going to have Carl Anthony Towns, maybe no D'Angelo Russell. Um, and so you can, and you get them twice coming up soon. So I think you're going to see maybe the fortune swing a little bit for New Orleans before they hit a bit of a tough stretch of their schedule again. But we will see. This is a very exciting time. It's going to come down to the end of the year, which I think is a really good thing. But we will see how it all goes because you still got to play and win the game. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. A little late due to Mardi Gras stuff. If there's a podcast tomorrow, it's also going to be maybe a little bit late. Not entirely sure just yet. Or maybe it'll be out in the afternoon. Not sure about Wednesday just yet either. Even though there's a massive game the night before. We're going to try and see what we can do. But it's a pretty different and fun time of year here. Be safe if you're out at parades, please. And thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. We'll be back with you all next time.